One thing is certain. If you stick to the word, you will come back with a testimony. What God wants to give you in your life is not a healing. What God wants to give you in your life is not a job. What God wants to give you in your life is not money. What God wants to give you is the word of God in your spirit. It'll make you what it talks about. And you are shining. And you are shining by the power of the Holy Ghost. You are shining by the power of the Holy Ghost. You are shining and nothing can stop you. It is your season. It is your time. Nothing can hinder you. This is your time. This is your hour. Favor is yours. Fruitfulness is one of the physiognomies of the new creation. Bringing forth fruits must be done God's way, which is soul travail. You want to see children. How many souls have you led to Christ? How many can you call your spiritual children? My God, this is not acceptable, you say. It's time to fast. It's time to pray. It's time to travel until I bring forth children. In this classic teaching on soul winning by Pastor Chris titled Prevailing Prayer Part 2, you'd learn the importance of prevailing prayer in traveling for souls as you bring forth fruits of righteousness. Listen and be inspired. God bless you. In this segment, learn the importance of focusing your mind in the direction of what you want. Also, Pastor Chris teaches on how persistency in prevailing prayer cannot be overemphasized. Listen and be blessed. You must focus your mind. You see, there are too many people who don't know the importance of the mind. The mind is a massive tool for our benefit. That mind is, is like the rudder that directs a ship. See, for your spirit, your mind is so important. If you turn your mind away from what you're supposed to be focusing on, your feeling will die. Can you see that? For whatever it is, your emotions for it. You need your emotions, your feelings. Everything must come together. And your mind is responsible for doing that. So you start by channeling your mind to your purpose. You set your mind. Your mind helps you channel all the forces of your spirits in the direction of that focus. So you use your mind. You set your mind. Are you hearing me? He says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. That means shalom, shalom, peace, peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee for he trusted in thee. So God's going to keep him in perfect peace, the peace of prosperity. The man whose mind is focused on him. So you have to focus your mind. You know, some people are fasting, and instead of focusing their mind during their fast, they are thinking about everything else. That fast is useless. You see, why? Because the spirit was not coordinated towards that goal and purpose. See, but if your, if your mind is disciplined, you use your mind to direct yourself. Your mind, you need it. So you focus it, you focus your mind. Now, if your mind proves a little difficult by going this way and that way, there's another tool that has power over the mind. 
it is your tongue. You see, if your mind is throwing this way and that way, you start talking in the direction of what you want. And your mind will be focused in the direction you want to go. You getting it? Now, once your mind goes in that direction, your emotions will start because God needs all of that. Hey, somebody said, you can't be emotional with God. But God gets emotional. He said, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Laughter is an emotion. Anger, God gets angry. Anger is an emotion. Joy is an emotion. And God expresses joy. It's an emotion. See? When Jesus danced, it was an emotion. When Jesus wept, it was an emotion. See? So that's so important. It's so important that you gather your emotion. When you bring your emotion together, oh, your spirit is affected. Then your spirit is now in the condition that is consistent for God to work. You are now in the position, the situation, where the Spirit of God can minister to you in a way that you can receive and keep. You know, God talks to many of us every day, but our emotions are not towards Him. And so, we don't receive what He says. We might even think, oh yeah, I think I heard that. I, I thought God talked to me. But as long as your emotion is not toward Him, it makes no difference. It has no power over you. It doesn't work for you. But when He can speak to you, then your emotions are channeled toward Him. Then you receive it in the core of your nature. And then it produces results for you. This is what we call prevailing prayer. Now let's go to the scripture where it talks about it. Book of James, chapter number 5. Chapter 5, and verse 16. He says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another. Confess your faults one to another doesn't mean I'm coming to meet you and say, I want to tell you all my sins. <laughs> no, because I've offended you, so I tell you that I offended you. And I say to you, this is what I did against you, I'm so sorry. And you tell me, oh, I too, you know, you know. So then we iron it out there. That's what he's talking about. So he says, uh, and pray one for another that she may be healed. Then he goes, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. Now, to capture what is said in there, it's better to read it from the Amplified Translation. Okay. He says, confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The innest heartfelt. See what I mean? It's got to get into your, into your emotion. Heartfelt. You see, the innest heartfelt continued. It's not something you just say, Father, save him in Jesus' name and go. No. It's continued. You're pressing. You're pressing. Continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. It makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. 
That means that prayer is dynamite. Satan can't steal it. You know, as a pastor, as a cell leader, you are tired of these 25 members for three months. You are tired of having these 1,200 members for how many months? You say, Father, it's time to move. It's time to move. It's time to... This kind of prayer, you don't pray just now. Three minutes and say, well, the 15-minute prayer, Pastor said we should pray for 15 minutes. No, that 15-minute prayer is not enough. Ah, no, you want to see a change? Mm. When you start praying like this, your whole body will be vibrating. I'm telling you, 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 you feel the current of electricity all through your being. Oh, you know what a soul is? The value of a soul. Jesus took his disciples out and taught them how to win souls. That's the way it is. I told you, I started out going through the streets. I went from house to house to win souls. I went from house to house. I went knocking on doors. Some people welcomed me. Some people were angry and chased me away. And warned me, never come here again. <laughs> But I kept going. I went to the hospitals. See? Wherever I could find people gathered. Oh, I couldn't get in a taxi or a bus without preaching. Once I was inside, I started preaching. If I was alone with the driver, I started with him. And that was those days when several people entered a taxi cab. Nowadays, I understand just one person and they go. <laughs> well, they had everybody in there. And you preached. Something like it. Look, driver, if this man doesn't stop, I'll come down. If he doesn't stop, I'll come down. <laughs> so, but some welcomed it. He didn't tell us everybody will accept it. Some will, some won't. But that won't stop us. We must preach it. We must tell it. I went to schools, preached the word. So I'm still at it today. It's the most important thing in the whole world. Hallelujah. Yeah. And then after winning souls, you must retain them. How can you win souls and just let them go? Then you are a cell leader. This cell member, you invited this cell member, he said he's not coming. Ah, huh? why? He says he's not coming. What are you going to do? There are some cell members, you can't even visit them. They keep escaping. I was like that as a young guy. Let me tell you what happened to me in school. There was this brother who always used to come and lead us to, to the fellowship. And it was early in the morning. At about 5.30 a.m. And he came. Brother Christian. He's trying not to disturb other people. Brother Christian. And I got up. I got my clothes on. Okay. Jumped down. Double bunk, you remember? Jumped down and got my things ready. Followed him and then went to the other bed and tapped that guy and that one got up and we went to that side and tapped the other guy and then we're all sneaking out, we're going to pray, you know? So they thought we were all enjoying it. <laughs> so, so one day I planned for him. I woke up earlier 
and I shifted to another bed. <laughs> so I stayed with my friend there, and I was watching him <laughs> as he came. He looked, my bed was empty. He moved around, looked around, looked around, and went to the other guy and woke that one up, and I was watching him all the time <laughs> until he left. And when he left, I jumped down, went back to my bed. <laughs> so during the social gathering one Saturday night, I wanted to dance. So we were all dancing, and I was dancing, and that brother, ah! As I was dancing like that, I was watching him. <laughs> so... You know, I made sure he didn't see me. I kept hiding, hiding and hiding until he left. Ha! Huh? You know, these people just won't let you go. Now, I was a Christian. Don't you understand? I was. Very born again. But you see, I was beginning to love the world. I wanted to go in that direction. And his brothers wouldn't let me go. Okay? They wouldn't let me go. One day, a teacher spoke to me. He asked me, you're born again? I said, yes. He said, but I don't, I don't see you in the fellowship. I said, because those people, they don't do what they preach. He said, why? And I started lambasting them, you know, saying nasty things about them. Then he said to me, since you know all these things, why don't you go there and teach them? I wasn't very happy with his answer. You see. But, you know, when I think today, of all those people who helped me, particularly your own gentleman who was always praying for me, God, I'm grateful that they didn't leave me. You see, thank God they didn't let me go. They wanted to make sure I was in the fellowship. So when, when I became a cell leader, I knew those tricks very well because I had played them. <laughs> and I was merciful. Because I could see those ones who were dodging the meetings, I could see they were just like me, the way I was. So I started praying for them, because somebody prayed for me. So I was praying for them, because I knew that because others prayed for me, I was standing. If I would pray for others, they would be standing. Hallelujah. So you never give up on anybody. Don't let Satan have anyone. Don't let Satan have anyone. He may be angry with you, swearing and cursing. Don't worry. Don't worry. The master that we serve was Spartan. They hated him. They put a crown of thorns on his head until he was bleeding. And they said to him, come down from the cross if you're the Christ. What did he say? 
when I come down. <laughs> Was that what he said? When I come down, you're all going to roast. <laughs> Was that what Jesus said? No. no. Father, I promise to revenge. Was that what he said? No. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So that time I was dodging and watching that brother, I knew not what I was doing. See, I thought I was smart. And that's how some of them think they're smart. There are many of you here today, you were dodging your cell leader then. But here you are today as a cell leader. Glory to God! <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Prevailing prayer. We pray until we prevail. We pray until in our hearts we know that we know that we know that it is done. You will know. Somebody said, how long should I pray? Pray until you know in your heart it is done. When it is done, you will know. It may take days, weeks, months. Don't worry. The day it is done, in your spirit you will know. There will be what we call a note of victory. Instead of a burden, suddenly you will start laughing about it. Instead of a burden, you will start singing, you will know. You will know inside you it is done. And at that moment, it'll be time to take the next step. Hallelujah. What happens when we pray? When we pray, we are filled with the Spirit and also guided by the Spirit. Prayer helps us come into the fullness of the Spirit. Learn more about prayer in this insightful segment of Prevailing Prayer with the man of God, Pastor Chris. God bless you. When we pray, this prevailing prayer, there are certain things that must happen. There are certain things that we gain from our prayer like this. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. This is the reason the old-time Christians used to call it, they would say that they are prayer warriors. Okay? I don't quarrel with their terminology, even some, I mean... There's no reason to be a prayer warrior. But that's what, that's what made them call it prayer warrior. Because they felt they were warring, fighting for souls. You get it? So they say, I'm a prayer warrior. You know? They say, we are prayer warriors. See? Don't quite like the term, but I'm trying to show you why they, why they thought that way. Hallelujah. Okay, so when you hear someone saying, I'm a prayer warrior, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry just keep quiet but now you understand maybe that's what he wants to say mm -hmm. but for some they think that that means fighting with God you know they're, they're going to make God do it I just told you you're not going to make God do it you are the one doing things that make it consistent for him to operate normally hallelujah prayer helps us come into the fullness of the spirit that's number one Prayer helps us come into the fullness of the Spirit. He said, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. 
In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, we read it. He said that when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. When they prayed, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. When they prayed, they were filled. When they prayed, they were filled. When we pray, we are filled. Hallelujah. There are meetings where you know that something needs to change. And you call the whole the whole cell, the whole church, and say, we are praying today. We are praying today. We are praying today. And everybody comes, and we pray. If by the time we are ending the service, we haven't received the note of victory, and we haven't received the word of prophecy that several of us can confirm is so, we are John. Till next time. We are John the meeting now until we come again. So we are meeting again so today. We come back for prayer and we pray until we have that victory in our spirits. Why do many Christian businesses fail? Because they don't understand this. They don't understand this. They don't know that there's such a thing as prevailing prayer. You have to sow your seeds. But sowing your seeds is not enough. Understand Christian consciousness. Hallelujah. The other thing that we get as we pray is guidance. We read it in Acts chapter 13. It says, as the minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost gave guidance. You remember that? That's the second verse of Acts chapter 13. And when we pray, we intercede for the lost in prayer. Let me give you some scriptures that are very important for us to consider. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 8. Isaiah chapter 66, verse number 8. Read it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. As soon as Zion travailed. Did he say, as soon as Zion confessed? As soon as Zion claimed? Travailed! That's what we call soul travail. In birth, you want to bring forth more souls. Spiritual travail in prayer. Until you know that you're not ready yet. You can have what you call many coming and many going, not children. You can have visitors to church who come in and enjoy the message and they'll go away. But you want to have children, you're going to have to travel. That's why you have some churches. They say, oh, when we had such and such a program, 5,000 people came. Everybody has gone back. The church is not growing. They spend money, money, money. But the, the church does not grow. Then they sell where they will buy, buy uh, all kinds of refreshments to lure people to attend. After they have finished eating all their refreshments, they will go away. <laughs> and the people don't come back. Why? Because the leaders think that as soon as we refresh them, we will have children. No. As soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. 
as soon as Zion traveled, traveled, pastors, until your eyes no tears, you cannot have real children. You will have visitors to church. Same thing for the cell member. They made you a cell leader. Then you come back and say, my cell members don't come. I was given, I was given 10 people, only two are coming. You were given 10 people. Who do you think will account for those eight? You think it's your pastor that will account for them? It's you. Jesus will hold you responsible for the eight that you can't find. In your own interest, go and find them. Go and find them. You know what a soul is? You're coming back to tell us I have five members. They don't come. They don't like to come. They don't, they don't like to come. Say, I don't understand my cell members. They don't come. Instead of you to be weeping. You should be weeping. If you get into your room, lock yourself and be crying. That you have not found them. Cry! If you couldn't cry when you wanted to cry, cry that you could not cry. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Listen. Let me tell you something. Several years ago, I had an experience in... The things I thought I should have been moved about. This should have brought me to tears. And I thought, so I was so dry-eyed, I started crying that I could not cry. I was crying for myself. I felt sad for myself that such a thing did not move me. I was crying. How could I be unmoved? I said, Father, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. How could I be unmoved? Have I come to this level? I was crying to God. Crying that I, I did not cry. And then of course, oh, like the old saints who say the heavens broke. And my soul was blessed. What a fountain. See, so what I'm saying to you is this. You need to understand that this is serious business. We're talking about souls here. We're dealing with something very serious. Look at it. He says, For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. As soon as Zion travailed. Not before Zion travailed. As soon as Zion travailed. So ask, ask. Pastor, Mrs. Pastor, when was the last time you wept for souls? When was the last time you wept? When was the last time? Or are you weeping that you don't like the way they are treating you? <laughs> you know, there's so much carnality in the church. People would rather cry the way they were treated by the usher, by brother so-and-so, by pastor so-and-so. Somebody mistreated me. I can't imagine what they are. Oh, you're feeling bad for yourself. When was the last time you wept for souls? Maybe those who are backsliding from the church and you have not found them. When was the last time your eyes watered? If it is too long ago, you need to pray. First, that God should forgive you. That something that is so important became so light in your heart. I cry almost every day. Almost every day. Not because I want to cry. 
<laughs> not like I just said, oh, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> if, if, if that were the case, I would have even liked it. But it's not so. It doesn't happen that way. It's like saying, I want to feel hot now. You can't feel hot now. The circumstances must create that heat. You understand? Uh-huh. So it, it's my heart. As I set my heart on the things of God, and as I set my heart on the things happening in our world, and what we have to do, and the power of the gospel, all of these things, as I set my heart, those emotions just, you know, get arrested. And the next thing, I'm vibrating there, you know, with tears, and I'm praying, with tears. And it happens to me every so often. But that is the ministry of the Spirit. I know that it's the Holy Ghost that is causing it to happen in me. And so he causes me to pray as I should pray in a way that can affect other people. And then he also gives me the means to prosecute his cause. And then you find miracles are happening, great things are happening. God is supplying all that is necessary to make it happen. Why? Because the Holy Spirit can channel his thoughts, channel his emotions through me. He says, likewise, the Spirit helped our infirmities. You see, haven't you seen it? Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. He says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, the old King James says, itself is supposed to be himself. Make an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. With groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he make an intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And when we pray like this, the 28th verse then says... And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can't be dry-eyed. Even singers. Yeah, yeah. You can't be dry-eyed. No, you can't. You want to have substance. And not just be known by people. You want to be known by God. See, there's a big difference between someone who's known by the crowd and someone who's known by God. There's a big difference. Those who are known by the crowd will never be sustained because the crowd doesn't have the means to sustain them. And you very quickly pass away as a tale that is told. See, but you don't want to be a mere story. You want to make an impact. A lasting, deep impact in the hearts of men that will go down through eternity. And if that's what you want, then this kind of prayer is for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. As soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. Zion traveled. Look at Psalm chapter 2, Psalm 2 and verse number 8. He's talking about the same thing here. Psalm 2, verse 8. He says, Ask of me, 
and I shall give thee the heathen, the heathen. Can you see that? Those who don't know God. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thine possession. You've got to ask. You've got to ask. And that asking is not standing by the Father, I, I ask for the heathen in Jesus' name. I receive. No! This heathen is talking about, you're going to have them come as spiritual children. That means you're going to have to travel to give birth. Give birth. See, you, you have to let the Holy Ghost minister through you. Carry out His ministry of intercession through you. You have to yield yourself for the Holy Spirit to work through you, pray through you. He wants to. He wants to. He wants to pray through you. So that the Father would respond accordingly. Because only the Holy Spirit can pray accurately. We don't have the best words to pray as we should. But the Holy Ghost knows what to do. He knows what to say. Hallelujah. Stir yourself to take a hold of God in this concluding segment with the man of God, Pastor Chris. Be elevated to higher realms of prevailing prayer as Pastor Chris teaches on the importance of soul travail. Listen and be blessed. Now, go to the next portion we're going to read. Sit in line with this Galatians chapter 4, this time verse 19. Galatians chapter 4. My little children, you see, this is the New Testament now. Paul knew what it was to travail, travail in birth. Look what he says. My little children, talking to the Galatian church, of whom I travail in birth again, again. He already did it before they were born again. Now look at it. He's doing it again because they're going carnal. See, they're going carnal. He says, haven't begun in the spirit. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? That's in the, the, the third chapter he charged them. So now he says, of whom I travail in birth again. See, because they're not living right, he's going back to prayer. He's going back to prayer. And not ordinary prayer, travail. He says, I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I'm going to be praying, he says. I'm going to travail in prayer until Christ is shown alive in you. Can you see this is labor, brother? Now you can understand why he says we are co-laborers together with God. This is labor. Not just wearing of suits. See what I mean? Being a good pastor is not dressing fine. That's just our camouflage. It's just our cover for all the crying we do. <laughs> and people don't get to know that. So look at us looking nice and, uh, you know. But there's much more. There's much more. My little children, of whom I travel in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. So this is not Old Testament stuff. No, you gotta pray. You gotta travel. You wanna bring forth children, spiritual children. You wanna bring forth children. Nothing about the cry of Rachel. So give me children or I die. Oh, you, you, you haven't come to this point. You, you, you haven't come to this point. Where you become, where you become angry with yourself for spiritual stagnation and, 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 and bankruptcy. 
You want to see children. How could you have been like this for all these years? How many souls have you led to Christ? How many can you call your spiritual children? My God, this is not acceptable, you say. It's time to fast. It's time to pray. It's time to travel until I bring forth children. And when you are prayed like that, oh, you will be filled with the Spirit. You will be filled with the Spirit. And the next thing will be the guidance of God when He spoke to Philip and says, Join yourself to that chariot. Oh, glory to God. Join yourself to that chariot. And the Holy Ghost, that's leading you. He'll tell you exactly what to do. And He'll put the words in your mouth. Why? Because you have travailed. Travailed in birth. Now there's the release. He will start picking those sinners, those souls that must come to you. He will guide them to you. He will guide them to you and He will guide you in their paths. He will arrange the circumstances. But He will not do that until you travail, until you win the rights to reproduce. You got to win the right to reproduce. You find that this is more than invitation. It's more than inviting someone for the meeting. Uh Uh-uh. This is winning source. This is winning. Winning and retaining. When you win them, they will stay. Why? Because you traveled in birth. You traveled in birth. When you travel in birth like this, if anything ever happens to that guy, to that sister, to that one that you led to Christ, you won't take it lightly. I mean, you are out. Did you ever see that chicken fighting a hawk? I saw it one time. A hawk came down and wanted to pick that little chick. Mother hen came out and fought. Fought for her chicks. Oh dear. She wasn't going to let one go. That's the way you become. When you have led people to Christ, you won't let the devil take any one of them. Because you knew what it was for you before you led them to Christ. And they in turn are doing the same thing, leading others to Christ. Excited about winning souls. Glory to God. Say, I'm a soul winner. Say again, I'm a soul winner. Yeah. See, we're in a day where we have, you know, uh, just push the button and then we get this done. Push that button, we get this. In fact, we had the push buttons now, we talk. And when we say it, that thing happens, okay? Yeah, voice recognition. Thank you. But let me tell you something. In the spiritual realm, the principles have not changed. Soul travailed. As soon as Zion travailed. Once that travail is there, something will happen. As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth. Ministry is born out of this kind of circumstances. Out of tears and cry. That's where it's from. Travail. Until you know it. Until you know it. There's tears. It's like pain. But you stare yourself to take a hold of God. Like Jacob when he said to the angel of the Lord, he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go. And you are praying. You're not going to let go. Until in your spirit you know that you know that you know that you know that you know it is done. 
There's no major outpouring that has taken place in this world without this. There's none. There's no major move of the Holy Spirit that wasn't preceded with soul travail. There's none. And if you're not doing this, your Christianity will be up and down. It'll be according to the senses. Sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're not happy. You know, then from time to time you feel like, what am I doing? You feel dry. But those who are into this don't have a dry day. They don't have a dry day. They are workers together with God. There's always something to do. God is always saying, this is the next step. There's always something to do. I'm never at a loss as to what to do next. No. No. I'm following the network. In the spiritual network. Between God, angels, and the saints. We're there. This world is ours. Hallelujah. And we will fill it with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Can you say amen? amen? Come what may, we will be standing. Thank you for listening. We trust that you have been blessed. The message you just listened to is a production of the Love World Media Ministry. For more teachings by Pastor Chris on how to live a beautiful, successful, and vibrant life, you can order for the following messages. The Ministry of the Holy Spirit in You. The Partnership of the Spirit and Bible Seminar, Volumes 1 and 2, by exploring the Pastor Chris Digital Library app. God bless you.